Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Happy New Year from the Root for Wisconsin show. Episode 56 coming at you from the Riverwood Gallery studio and Mean True Value studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Eric the Big E Fisher. Joining me in person, Ramsey Thompson. Ramsey, how you doing, buddy? Awesome. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. And joining us via Zoom after a short week hiatus, after a few weeks back-to-back appearances, Justin Dahl. Justin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back. It was a, a short little hiatus. Got caught up uh, on the basketball team and was excited doing that and kind of missed you guys. So uh, glad to be back. Enjoying, enjoying having the headset back on talking to you guys. We will see how glad you are to talk to us in about probably the next hour and change here because we have a loaded show that I don't think any of us have saw eye to eye on in the pre-show meeting. So let's get right into it. First off, we always talk about our partners, Monkey Knife Fight. Unfortunately, the touchdown dance we put out this week didn't hit. It happens sometimes. That's why they're a business. They're out there to make money. Sometimes they win. Sometimes you're not listening to Eric, and you go put A.J. Dillon in instead of Aaron Jones, and maybe you were a winner this week. Don't have to take my word every week, but I've been pretty good lately, so I could see why you did. If that's the case, we'll use that Men in Black mind eraser thing, and we'll run it again this week. Also, partners over at Ray's Energy, repsports.com, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four. Buy one, get one sale to start the new year. Get 15% off that order with code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four. New flavor coming out soon. It'll be a sour blue raspberry flavor. I don't remember the exact name of the flavor, but a sour blue raspberry flavor that is all the rave in the Ray's world. So check that out. And then we start off the episode with what we always started off with, what, what we had rooted for, sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, whether you're on top of the world and maybe you need some Green Bay Packers playoff gear or you're on the bottom and just happy to be there, say like maybe the Packers opponent this week, the Lions, show your love for your team, 300-plus powered stars, Fanatics, hashtag love on. And Justin, what did you root for in the last two weeks that you've been gone? Well... It was nice to see a good Badgers um, win. And I'm not talking about the bowl win, guys. I'm talking about last night's win at Mackey Arena at, at, against Purdue. Johnny Davis, what in the world is this guy up to? He is the leader in the clubhouse, boys, as the national player of the year in college basketball right now, early on, give, I'll give you guys that. But last night, 37 points, 14 rebounds in Mackey arena. This guy is a highlight reel. He is amazing to watch and we should love watching it while we can, because he's a top 10 pick in the draft next year. No, absolutely. He was incredible last night. I think my favorite sequence Besides just how much of a go-to he is for them, because they really ran through Johnny Davis, as they should be. But I know I put this in our group chat last night. was the end sequence of the first half. Chucky Hepburn gets the steal, po- or pokes the ball away, ends up with on the floor with the steal, sees Johnny Davis cutting down the lane, monster slam at the half to, keep the fu- to extend the lead to five over the number three-ranked Purdue Boilermakers. Yes, it was amazing. It was... Uh... Edge of your chair of the game. Uh, they just answered some big shots. Uh, I mean, how many teams in America 
guys have a kid on their roster that is seven foot four, and you essentially have to put three guys on them. I'm guessing one or two. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was it was incredible performance by the Badger basketball team. I'm sure we'll get to that more in the episode here. Ramsey, what did you root for this week? You look like you look concerned. You look a little down already. So I'm really curious where we're going with this. What I rooted for? Yeah. The Georgia Bulldogs kicking the shit out of Cincinnati. Oh boy. And the Alabama Crimson Tide kicking the shit out of Michigan. That's what I rooted for. I got my noogie. Hey, I got my noogie. My noogie is Ramsey. Well, we're get, we'll get to he that, Justin. He, Justin, he Justin, 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 Justin. I have to go first. He doesn't even know the matchups. Hey, we're, we're still positive yet. I got I to gotta talk first. You don't even know the matchup. Doesn't even matter. Alabama and Georgia won. That's <laughs> all that matters. Get the matchups right. All that matters. Get the damn matchups right. Oh, we're already <laughs> starting off on a positive even, note. I was just so fired up. God, all you nerds that say <laughs> we need more than a four-team playoff. Are you shitting me? <laughs> really? We need more than four? There Absolutely. Were, there were two talented teams and two teams that had a bunch of bums. Like, come on, let's be real. We do not need any more what? than four teams in this playoff. What oh. other two teams would you have put in there? That would have played better than those two teams. Ohio State would have been a better bid than Cincinnati. Who lost head-to-head to Michigan. Or, that's that's fine. Cin- Cincinnati did not deserve to be there. Like, let's be real. Let's, at this point, they're... No, they, they absolutely 110% did. Because they played in a they shit conference. They beat the number five team in the nations. They beat okay, the number five and Notre, team in the nations. Notre Dame also handily lost. at their house. Notre Dame also lost. Let's not let's not talk Notre Dame's a great program either. Like Notre Dame is a four-star team in NCAA 14 at this point. They're no longer that six-star that Dame's everyone. Cl- no, Notre Dame is not anything special Nor- anymore. Notre Dame hasn't been anything special since the 80s. Like let's be real about what Notre Dame is. So that's the win we're going to talk about Cincinnati deserve Notre- to be there cuz no, they No. If Notre Dame, no, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's made the playoff twice, and they got boat raced both times. Let's be real. What Notre Dame is? So what? They're not relevant. Notre Dame gets okay. in because they don't play so, anybody, and then all of a sudden they're undefeated, and the committee goes, "Okay, we have to put Notre Dame in." Then you put them against Alabama, and Alabama beats them by thirty. Like, let's be real. About what Notre Dame? Alabama. Is. Alabama's been to eight of the past eleven national championships. Right. You want to know why? Because they have the best talent. They do. Okay. So what? Yeah. So so for college football. So yes, what are we supposed to do before wins. we even start? We just let, let's talent let's wins. Here, just Justin, I've got the numbers the for it. They, we pretty let's much just should. give it to them. This is not college basketball, and you guys both know how basketball works. Where you can get hot, and you any team can be any team any night in college basketball. You know how basketball works. College football, the last since 2014, the average recruiting class that won a national title was 5.4 in the nation. That was the average. If you take out one of Alabama's and the Clemson team that had a 12th rated recruiting class, you end up with 3.6. Cincinnati's recruiting class for the last four years was 50.25. And that shows right there, Cincinnati did not deserve to be there. 
the the that worst prove anything. The worst recruiting class to win a national championship nothing. since 2014 was 12th. And that was with Deshaun Watson. It proves everything, Justin. You realize that... How does that prove anything? The national title winner since 2014, since we started in the playoffs, I didn't put the BCS because I didn't look that far back because we all can kind of admit the BCS is a little bit hoagie. You're not equating every other SEC team that is in the top five or the other... Big Ten teams that but are in the top five you want to know that fact? don't make it. You want to know a fact? So why don't why don't the, why doesn't their talent make it? You want to know a fact? You have That's to have. That's not a fact. You have to have a top five recruiting class to win a national title. That's fact. I bet if we look at it next yeah, year too, it's going to be a top five recruiting class. That's what the average has been since 2014. For That's instance, correct. speaking, Ohio State was better than Utah was. That's terrible. Too. We can all agree the that whole, Ohio State was considerably take, the better. The fact that you think Cincinnati or Michigan didn't belong is a terrible take. It's a horrible take. No, Unbelievably Justin, bad they did not belong on the same field with those two teams. They have to play somebody, Ramsey. Yes. What are we going to do? Are we Are going to put four fucking SEC teams in it? We should. That's stupid. Yes. Oh, my God. You tell me, you tell me that Cincinnati deserved to be on the same field with Alabama, that they had a shot. Absolutely. Did they have a shot? Do you absolutely. really believe that? Yes, I Justin, absolutely did. You might have believed it after the fact. Do you believe that that they deserve they to be there? Slow, they slowly bled them. They slowly bled. Yeah, them. that that talent oh. matchup was not. That wasn't close. Just like Georgia and Michigan, that wasn't close. That I, one wasn't closer than. Cincinnati or yeah, I, I can give you that. That you know, probably Cincinnati had a little more to play for than Michigan did. Michigan kind of came in, oh, we're a Big Ten team, but in, they didn't deserve in to be reality. There I in can, reality, it should have been, it should have been, uh, Georgia as the four seed, not by talent. Don't get me wrong, not by talent. But how do you have the only team that's not a conference champion, or hasn't beaten a top five team or a top ten team? As the number three seed, because they didn't want an SEC Take the national championship game. They didn't want an SEC championship game. They, they, the NCAA would have much rather had Cincinnati or Michigan beat one of the SEC teams. You put them head to head, and they get smacked around. That's what they. Right. They gave them the That's opportunity. What, honestly, is what it should have been. And so let's just talk about where Michigan was even in the last four recruiting classes. Guess where they were. Let's hear it, Rams. 13.25. And, you know, you had Georgia, who in the last four years is number two average. Alabama is a 2.5 average. And those were the talent matchup. It's just not. I'm sick of hearing this narrative that non-Power 5 teams can win a national title. It's not realistic at this point. And do UCF would have. They, they claim to, right? They, they should have, yeah. So, and do I think that that will change eventually? Yes, I do. I think that you're going to have non-SEC teams with national titles, non-Big Ten teams with national titles. I think that's coming. I think with the NIL, you're going to see talent disperse a little bit better. <coughs> I think Texas is going to get better with this. USC is going to be a lot better. I think Miami is going to be a lot better. So some of these teams are probably going to c- cut that gap a little bit. But as of right now, I definitely don't need to see Georgia, Alabama was the only two teams that mattered this past weekend. 
Fair enough. Whatever. That's a that's a bad take. Okay. You have not put any fact out there to say otherwise. So they played the game. They played tough. They were there. They deserve the right to be there. We're not talking about whether they're okay. good enough to beat but Alabama. Were they good enough to whoever. win that game? They did. They earned the right to be there by beating. They a, earned their right. There are four spots, Ramsey. Four. So you would have taken Cincinnati two. over Ohio There's State. There's not two. You would have yes. Cincinnati over Ohio State yes, at I this point after watching that. Yes. You could make an argument. Ohio yes. State would have been competitive. C.J. Stroud looked amazing in the Rose Bowl. Ohio State, I was lost to Utah. People forget that Utah. They got boat raced by Utah, Utah in the first half. They got lucky. Utah is a better roster than Cincinnati. Give me a break. Utah's a better roster than Cincinnati. Ooh. On merit alone, I, I do agree with Justin. I do think both teams deserve to be yeah. there on merit because they were conference champions, et cetera. Okay, but we keep doing this merit thing. This is not a movie. This is not happy endings. This is talent wins, and they did not have the talent to be there. This isn't college basketball. You do realize, now. College basketball is different, right? And everyone keeps comparing, you know, like the tournament and college basketball that you have all these upsets. But even in the upsets ridden college or basketball playoff, we still get usually a top, what, six seed that still wins the national title every single year? Basically one, two, or sometimes three. Right. So we're talking that talent wins. Like this isn't a, this isn't Rudy. This isn't some movie from Disney. This is real life. (laughs) And real life talent overcomes not having talent. That's just end of the day. That's what it is. So, so let me let me tell you something. You do realize in the old system who would have played for the national championship, right? Who would that been, Justin? It would have been Alabama and Michigan. And Alabama would have stomped Michigan. That's no fine. Thought about it. So you can't tell me that this isn't the best the best way. Sure, I'm not saying it's not the best way. A better I'm way saying, than the old way. I'm saying we definitely don't need to go to eight though. Like that that's ridiculous. Why? Going to eight. Why? You there's not eight teams. Why? There's not eight good teams in the nation right now. Probably you, the the third best team in the nation was probably Ohio State. Wrong. They lost to Michigan. How can you even say that? In the third Mich- best team in the at, nation was at Michigan. Was Michigan. Was Michigan. Yeah, I don't. When you see lose it. head to head. When you lose head to head, you lose your argument. Okay, then Cincinnati doesn't deserve to be there. Let's put Ohio State there because they at least have talent. Like that's what I'm saying. I don't. Cincinnati didn't play anyone. We don't need non-power. Cincinnati's five. gonna have. Cincinnati's gonna have two first-round draft picks. Okay, Ohio State's gonna have twelve. Year. Like, okay, whatever. That's fine. Have have your two first-round draft picks. Ohio that's, State puts that's... two first-round draft picks out every single year. Alabama's, what, so half what? the first round? It's yes. a special team. That's a special team. No, it wasn't. Just like when Western Michigan went to the Cotton Bowl against Wisconsin. That was a special team. What are you talking about? That's a ridiculous argument. Talent. They were a special team. Talent they wins. earned the right to be there. They earned one of the four spots to play for a national championship. Didn't There's no other there. argument than that. Did not deserve to be there. They didn't. Who was their their best one was Notre Dame. Congratulations, you beat an average. At team. Notre Dame, and okay. boat raced them. Okay, you beat an average team. What else you got? The school of the blind and the Citadel. Like, yeah, okay, let's let's be real, Cincinnati. Oh, really? Go home. You're gonna you're gonna put the Citadel out there, in, in which the SEC, who you, by the way, have 
bashed for playing shit teams like that in week 13 of the season. Sure. So don't even start yeah, that crap. But they still won the national title. The SEC won the national title this year. Bigger team. Yeah. They were better than Cincinnati and Michigan. We I'm don't. We saying, don't need eight. I'm not saying they weren't. I'm not saying there's not a thing that says that I don't think they that they weren't the better teams. I'm saying they deserve to be there to play for the championship. Why? If to they don't, play for a chance at it. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna, this is a what? serious question, like 100 percent serious. Why are we gonna play games if we already know the outcome? You're right. Screw college football next year. Just, yeah, let's uh, just put Alabama, Georgia, in Ohio August, State, and August. USC, and let's just have them go and play. No, in, no, 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 in August. Yeah, because, you know, what happened when Oregon went and beat Ohio State? You saw that coming? Early in the what, year? What's the, average, what's the average recruiting ranking of those two schools? Ohio State's 5.7. Oregon's, I believe, a top 10. I don't know. I don't have Oregon off the top of my head. Ohio State's a 5.7. Okay, so Oregon's behind them, and they ended up winning. Sure. It happens. Well, I'm, but I'm saying by the time you they, get to national they, title contention. So it teams, happens. So it happens, but it can't happen in the college football playoff? Yes, but Oregon, Oregon, Oregon fits in the top 10 bracket. I'm saying if you have a top 10 recruiting class, I will validate you. If you are outside the top 10, you can kick rocks. It's, you have to be a top 10 recruiting class to be competitive, a top five to win. That's what it's been since 2014. I'm just telling you that's what the numbers are. It just happens to be that all these recruiting classes are under top 10 that win national titles. And like I said, outside of Clemson, I don't think, uh, Clemson's I don't think two national titles. matters with the transfer portal. Yes, but outside of Clemson's two. Going forward, that won't matter anymore. Justin, you realize now, that one, one of those will even matter. If Clemson didn't have, they had two that were technically over the top 10. You take Clemson's two national titles out of that, it would be a top three. Like, you would have to have a top three recruiting class on a national title. That's what the numbers will tell you. So, I just, like I said, I think that you're this just, point. You're just making up, you're just making up all these things. So if you I'm not making up numbers. I literally, I go through, I go through. If you take these two things out, then it's actually this, which strengthens my argument. Okay, no, watch. I will, if you want me to read it to you, I'll read it to you, Justin, because I went through the numbers. So I knew you were going to be difficult. You, Ohio State no, 2014, the can, fourth ranked recruiting class. We can stop right now, and I can tell you Alabama none of what you're Alabama 2015, the number one recruiting class. Because what's going to happen is that the, the transfer portal is changing the way college football is. It's changing. Did it. I not say you that? You can take Oklahoma's recruiting class. You can take Oklahoma's recruiting class from this last year and wipe it out. Won't matter. Nine of them transferred. Sure. And those guys are going to go to programs that are going to be better. Yes. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm like, hey, this is going to get better as stuff goes on. But as stuff is currently constructed, you have to have a top 10 recruiting class to a national title. That's what the numbers tell you. Now, I'm just the guy that's telling you the numbers. If you want to believe and me I'm or not. I'm telling you right now. You if can, Alabama would have played Ohio State, they would have boat raced them. Probably, and but at least. Georgia would have played Ohio, Ohio State. At least Ohio State would put more than six points up. At least Ohio State would probably put more than 11 points up. That's what I'm saying. Ohio State matches up better with SEC talent than Michigan or Cincinnati did. Now, should Ohio State deserve to be there? I guess that's another argument. But at this point, Ohio State would have been Absolutely. a better matchup. Ohio State would have been a better matchup. You know that, Justin. C.J. So Stroud ridiculous. is a That's real quarterback. A ridiculous standard. It's not ridiculous. So is Desmond Rizzard. 
Desmond Rizzer's a bum. He had, what, 134 yards? Yeah, go kick rocks. You're a bum. <laughs> what, a, what a stupid argument. My noogie is Justin for not listening to the math. My noogie is numbers. you. My noogie is you for not realizing what teams have made it there because they've earned their right. See, you're looking like, at it. You do a not fan, believe though. that teams earn rights. You just think that you need to have the eye test and that you can go you by recruiting do. rankings and just place teams there. Yes, that you is do. so stupid. That's what the numbers tell you. Think Justin. about what you're talking about. I'm telling you that what the numbers ridiculous. say. You know, what? don't play the games. Don't play the games. Just put these four teams in there because they had the top four recruiting classes this year. Okay, done. Justin, how tell me stupid is in that? any level That's of football. How stupid it is. Any level of football. You can tell me this. Does talent win in football? Does talent matter? Sure. Okay. Coaching matters also. Okay. So sure. Coaching matters also. Okay. So ask let's, the, let's the talk about the Coleman team that went to state this year. Right. But did they have more talent than the other teams that are lined up across from them? No, not from, not from level two on. No, they See, beat three undefeated teams. Okay. And like I said, Justin, so take your argument and kick rocks. Right. But if you line up any football team in the world, against a football team that's considerably more talented. It doesn't matter. The more talented team wins. Even in basketball, for the Philosophy most part. Philosophy matters. No, it doesn't. A lot. Yes, if it does. you put talent together and you have a competent coach, which at this okay. point, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is competent. I don't. Who's the clown of, up there in Cincinnati? Luke, Fick, Luke, Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. Yeah, he's obviously not that competent either. Puts up six points against Alabama. A generational coach. Whoa, sorry. He's got three head coaches. His O-line coach was a head coach in the NFL. Give me a freaking break, Ramsey. When, coaching When matters. you put up more than six coaching points and beat someone. Matters. Okay, sure. Coaching matters. You just have to be competent, though. Ed Orgeron won a national title. Right. Like, that but throws. You, you, don't, you, don't Ed, win, you don't win 13 games, and you don't go into Notre Dame, and you don't. Boat race them because you have uncompetent coaches. Yes, but we can't talk that these guys deserve to be against Alabama. That's my point at the end of the day. There was more talented teams you in the were, nation. And you, you you could say that, and then you'd be wrong because they deserved the shot okay, to Okay, I saw them put six they points did up. Everything, they I saw did them put six points up. They needed to do Their quarterback to had 134 there. yards of offense. And there are more than a billion people out there that believe the same thing. Yes, but people are stupid, and people do not understand that this is not a movie. Right. You need to have talent to win football games. You <laughs> do. Give me a break. How ridiculous. All right, move on. I'm done with this ass clown take. Justin's <laughs> a little salty because he knows I'm right. Okay, no, boys. you're okay, absolutely boys, boys, 100% boys, boys. wrong. Just look at the math, bud. Ridiculous. I'll send it over to you if you want. I'll make a spreadsheet and everything. Print it out and burn it. Well, my route for was Keeper Sykes getting his first start in the NBA, but I guess we're kind of past that. Um, Nobody so, cares no. about it. I do. <laughs> Keeper's a badass. No, no. Keeper got his first start. Yeah. I think he's starting tonight for the uh, for the Pacers against the Knicks. That's on NBA TV. That's what we turned on. Um, I guess we're going to go into Nuggets. I think you guys sound like you're pretty far along here, so I'll add mine in right away too. I actually have a <laughs> Nuggie. It's not Justin. What's the other one, Rams? No, you're done. Okay, thank you. So I'm very back and forth. So originally I was going to go Antonio Brown. And I'm not saying he's absolved him a noogie. Because he definitely deserves one at this point with how he handled Sunday. 
But the more and more the last couple of days have gone on, I really think it's going to end up coming out the Bucks were on the, the wrong side of things, too. So I'm preemptively giving one to Bruce Arians and the Bucks coaching staff in front office. I think this is going to be... This could go down as the dumpster fire of the year if everything in... Obviously, we have yet to hear officially what AB is saying. We have yet to officially hear what the Bucks reasoning was. We may never hear it. We may hear it on Tom Brady's Let's Go podcast. Who knows? But it has been a disaster to start with. But like I said, I, th- I think at the end of the day, AB's going to come out looking better out of this. I agree with you, actually. Go ahead and give the people the reasons why you think that. So initially... Yeah, I agree with that also. So initially, I mean, we all saw the clown show that was Antonio Brown taking his gear off, throwing his, his undershirt <laughs> and his gloves in the stands, running through the end zone looking like a cheerleader from the Longest Yard remake, dancing in the end zone. <laughs> Are you serious, Pat? That's ridiculous. And well, tell me I'm wrong. First of all, tell me I'm that wrong. That might be your best. That might be your best one on the podcast. Thank you, thank you. That was good. I just came up with that on top of my head. Like that wasn't planned. Um. Anyway, but so then it starts coming out. So first speculation was okay. Bruce Arians said get off the sideline because he wasn't going in the game. Antonio Brown's camp saying, well, it was also because he was too hurt to go in and he didn't want to be forced to play. He couldn't feel it. He felt like he couldn't go. And then we're at a position where where he couldn't play. He gets ejected off the sideline. Mike Evans tries to calm him down and to no avail. And and then the rest of the events transpire. Also some speculation that... The Bucks and Arians were telling them not to throw to AB, so he missed out on what would end up being just under a million dollars worth of bonuses between. Uh, I think he was one touchdown away from hitting a thirty-three thousand dollar or three hundred thirty-three thousand dollar bonus, eight catches away and fifty yards, I believe. It was the number like shakeout too. Where if you would have hit each three of those numbers, each one of them would have been a three hundred thirty-three dollar bonus, ending just shy of a million dollars. Um, on his contract. So part of that gets thrown into here too. Uh, Bruce Arians and the Bucks not really talking too much about it, aside from saying he's gone. He, they said after the post-game conference, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, he's no longer on this team. Fine and dandy, you know, most of us would probably agree after the, the situation, you probably would cut him. However, here we are Tuesday night, Antonio Brown's still with the Bucks organization, which leads me to think one of two things are happening. One, and I think what actually probably ends up being the most likely, is there probably is some truth to what Antonio Brown is saying to the point where he probably considered himself hurt. He was on the injury list. And even if he didn't, you know, maybe if it was for selfish reasons or whatever, what ends up coming out here, if that's the case where he says he can't go, you can't force him into the game, NFLPA probably has a grievance and they can't outright release him because it would be a breach of contract and really breach of the NFLPA and labor organization rules and whatnot with that too. Or there is some, maybe some, you know, medical side of things where he needs to um, be on roster to 
get some benefit of team employee things. A tweet came out this evening uh, from Rick Stroud, NFL Rick Stroud. Uh, Antonio Brown update. Antonio's friends were worried about the pain he experienced, so they encouraged him to see a top surgeon outside the Bucks organization. The visit and an MRI confirming his pain or serious pain in the story is developing. Uh, that was about an hour and a half ago. After that, um, Stroud follows up with, Antonio is known for having a high pain threshold, but the belief is Antonio probably should have never been on the field to begin with on Sunday. And then an official statement is coming from Antonio Brown's camp soon, who have stayed quiet since Sunday. So yes, this ends up looking really bad initially for Antonio Brown, but I do think he's going to come out looking better at the end of things. Than what he is now. So initially I came here, I was when I was preparing the episode, I came on to dunk on Antonio Brown like the rest of the world was. At the same time, though, I think this is going to go his way, as it probably should. And also, you, I got to just have a, a second here to give a noogie to Bruce Arians for just how he's handled Antonio Brown since the day, even before he signed with the Buccaneers. Because... Antonio Brown has looked, or excuse me, Bruce Arians has looked the biggest clown in the world with how they've handled this whole situation from before he was signed, saying there's absolutely no room on this team for him, yada, yada, which at the time, you know, given his off-field transgressions or alleged transgressions, whatever the situation shakes out to, sure, there, you know, you have a lot of question marks, but your quarterback's going to bat for the guy, but to absolutely rule it out. Then to later in the same season sign the guy, and who ends up being a key contributor to you winning a Super Bowl, then it's all love and dandy. You bring him back on another one-year deal, which also kind of plays in my theories that they're not going to release him. They're just going to basically put him on some reserve list of some sort, basically keep him on contract till that deal runs out. That way, the NFLPA can't go after them. Right. And then you bring in this offseason, or this offseason kind of goes by, no tolerance or one-strike tolerance, whatever. Well, then he gets caught with the fake COVID card. Well, take that what you will. You know, I'm not going to get into that whole conversation. But he's breaking these protocols, gets suspended for three games. Comes back, you welcome on the team, already having broke your own initial word by signing the guy and then by keeping him on roster despite a strike. And then now this whole situation, then dealing in absolutes once again after the game Sunday, Antonio Brown is in a buck. Let's move on. Not taking accountability for speaking to your job as the head coach, what had happened. And then also speaking in absolutes, which, you know, here we're only two days removed, but at the same time, we're still two days removed and they haven't done anything. So just an ultimate clown show of what's going on with that team and kind of proving that he might end up being right and that this, while the antics, frowned upon, end up kind of going in his favor. And really, I mean, we were kind of talking about this off the podcast this, when I first got here today. On It's it's, it's a shame that Antonio Brown has some of those off-field antics because it, arguably for the last decade, he's been one of the best receivers in the league. Antonio Brown, if you take, if you take his numbers blindly... You couldn't make the argument for him right now to be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe probably not our first ballot guy. We but were, the numbers do show him trending towards Hall of Fame. And we kind of compared him to similar numbers to Trell Owens. 
Yeah, so here's, we did a little bit of a number breakdown. Um, and I actually had these ready since we were talking about this beforehand. Antonio Brown has played what it kind of equates out. He's gotten the league in 2010, has been in the league now. This will be his technically 12th year in the, or in the NFL. With that said, last year he played eight games in 2020. 2019 he played in one uh, before ultimately getting cut after the one game. <laughs> Performance with the Patriots. So really, what, it ends up working out to, instead of 12 years, or, yeah, 12 years, basically, uh, you're looking at probably closer to ten, uh, 10, 10. Because he half. only played seven this year, too. So 10 and a half games, give or take. Or so 10, 10 and a half seasons. seasons. All said and done. In that time, he's played 146 games, 928 receptions, 12,291 yards, 13.2 yards per reception, 83 touchdowns. Terrell Owens, who is a Hall of Famer, I don't believe he was first ballot either, uh, but ends up being a Hall of Famer, played 219 games with 1,078 receptions. So what does that work out to? A little bit more than a, a little bit over 100, 150 more catches than Antonio Brown has. And then 3,000 more yards. Almost 4,000 more yards, 153 touchdowns. So, you, like I said, you can make the argument that Ish. Antonio Brown could be a Hall of Famer later in the, his, his time on the ballot, but still a Hall of Fame type player who ultimately is probably going to be mired by some off-field antics, um, some allegations that are, should be taken seriously, and now this latest incident. And again, like I said, it's a shame because at the one time he was very similar to Devontae Adams. He never seemed like the fastest guy in the field, but he always seemed to create separation in space. The seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. And he led the league in receiving yards through that time frame, right? Like that's six years that he led the league in receiving yards. I'd have to look at that. Um, there, were, there was at least three or four that he led the league in, in receiving yards. He looks like he led the, the league in yards twice. He led the league in receptions twice as well. And then it appeared, if, this is, if my key is right, I think he led the league in touchdowns a separate year. Uh, 2014, he was the league leader in both receptions and yards. In 2014, he had 129 catches, 1,698 yards. Which is crazy numbers. The following year, he did lead the league once again in receptions, 136 receptions, had more yards but didn't lead the league. He had 1,834 yards in that season. I know, just monster numbers there. And it's just, like I said, it's just kind of a shame that how his career has kind of taken a little bit of a downward spiral. And I think he's still really talented, too. That's the other thing. I think that he's still, he was still contributing in Tampa Bay when he was healthy. And just, you know, and it's, it's, I hope he gets help, the help he needs. And I guess that's all I got on the topic. Justin? Yeah, I, I think I, I agree that he's going to come out looking, looking better in the end. I just, you know, it's an unfortunate look as it is right now for him. Um, there's really not much else to say other than what you guys have already covered, uh, that I pretty much agree with all the way around. So 
I mean that. I mean for that, it, that's it for me. I I don't think he gets another shot in the NFL. Unfortunately, um, his his only way would be, uh, you know, probably filing a grievance through the NFLPA, uh, and what could happen with what comes out coming forward. And you know, sounds like it's a a story that's not not been told yet. So that's basically all. You guys covered it all. You guys did a great job. Hey, look at that. We're all friends again. Woo! Oh, I love Justin. <laughs> I know. I can just poke his buttons a little bit every once in a while. Ramsey, you said you had a second noogie? <laughs> all those people that told me the Dallas Cowboys are a really good team. Yes. And I, I hate that how the national media portrays the Cowboys. <laughs> they are the Notre Dame of the NFL. Very much so. That they really haven't been all that relevant in about the last 10 years, or 20 years for that matter. And they have a decent team. And this team that Dallas has right now is a good team. They're a B plus, not an A plus, like everyone was trying to tell me they were. And I saw, I said, talked about this last week on the podcast too. I mean, Mike McCarthy at the end of the day is a B plus head coach, and Dak Prescott is a B plus head or a quarterback. So now we have two B pluses in a league that you need A's at both those positions. And you're just trying to tell me that this team is really special. And people always freak out when the Cowboys lose. They're like, oh, well, they just had an off game. Or, oh, they just, it was the refs. Or, oh, Dak Prescott wasn't playing well. Or, oh, Zeke Elliott was dinged up. And, you know, I'm just sick of hearing the excuses from the Cowboy fans and Cowboy people in general on just not being realistic. They have not beat a 10-win team yet this year, I believe. I think they've beaten, I think they're three and four against playoff teams this year. So, and they're not beating the upper echelon playoff teams either. Like, they're getting beat up. And I guess I don't think the Cardinals are as good as everyone thinks they are either. But the Cardinals were the better team, and I would say probably by far on Sunday. I watched the majority of that game. I missed about the first quarter because I was out running around. But I watched the last three, and I would say Arizona was the better team. Dallas, you know, it's a weird thing in the NFL where people kind of let off the gas a little bit and kind of don't finish teams the way they should. But Dallas is a playoff team. Dallas is playing a last-place schedule or third-place schedule. And Dallas, they're just not anything overly special. So they have special players, just not a special team. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I Dallas is one of the like you said. I that Notre Dame comparison is really good, and I I used I do find myself <laughs> at times rooting Notre Dame way. Um, their tradition as a whole is intriguing. I love that part of it, but no, no oh that's a great comparison. I really can't get past that. But um, no, absolutely. I I think Dallas Dallas doesn't scare anybody coming into the playoffs. They may win a game. Well, yeah, because they're gonna be what the four seed. Three or four, it depends on how it all shakes out. And they're probably gonna like they're better than they're better than the bottom of the NFC playoff bracket. They're about the what sort of between four and six probably of the NFC, and that's not anything to shake your head at because that's miles from where they were even last year or they have been. But we just got to be also realistic with they're not a Super Bowl team. 
they won't be with Dak Prescott there. I can pretty confidently say that. Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, they will not be Super Bowl team. I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. All right. So with that, I don't, I don't, oh, go ahead, Justin. No, I, I don't know that. I don't. You know, outside of them finding some magic, you know, if they found that, if they found that elusive run game they had three years ago, maybe. Right. But, but Zeke Elliott's age. Tony Pollard's not as good as Zeke was back then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So with that, I guess up to you guys. Justin, do you want to put a bow on the Badgers here first, or should we go do some betting talk? Yeah, let's break it up a little bit. Let's go Let's go with some betting talk. All right, boys. So as Ramsey mentioned last week, we really should have probably been writing these down because I, I really don't remember any of the bets we made last week. I know that I went to the sports book and put a hope and a prayer into both upset money lines. And just just in case. Oh, I know. I know. My noogie of the week. I got a noogie. My noogie is you, Eric. Who drives all the way across town to a night of bingo and casino and puts two $5 parlays together? I do. Are you kidding me? Put some money down. You've got the scratch. Put that scratch down. Get some big bucks going. Give yourself a shot. Just, I knew neither one of those bets were going to hit. <laughs> That was just in case, just to say I did it, just for fun. What do you, what, what do you think, Ramsey? You drive all the way across town just to just to put two five dollar parlays together for, for against your crappy teams that didn't oh, belong there. Man, I would never have bet <laughs> Cincinnati or Michigan. Just had to go check it out. Just want to see what was okay. What. So why don't you? He, just... he wasted. In your eyes, he wasted ten dollars. He's, I knew I wasted ten dollars. Be there? Why would you bet money on him? I knew I wasted ten dollars. <laughs> How was the sports book? I have not been there yet. So it is. I believe they have a cashier you window. You wasted ten dollars of gas just to get there. I don't know. Maybe with your giant ass truck, Justin hauling around your butt, but my little Malibu zips around. But anyway, so my review. I do believe they have a cashier window. I went to the self serve kiosk. Sure. Um, like I said, basically knew I was throwing ten dollars away. What the heck? I'm there. You know, got to check it out. And if, not saying it would have, I knew it wasn't going to. If the money line, just picking them straight up, if picking those two upsets would have come through, that was a plus 1795 bet. For every dollar I put in, I'm getting basically 18 back right in my hand. Again, knew it wasn't going to happen. We knew this. But at that point, why the hell not? You know, I had nothing going on at the time. Take a hope and a prayer. Throw five bucks down. Could have walked away with 90. Why not? Well, those teams didn't deserve to be there. So, I mean, that was really uh, the why not. (laughs) Sure. Even if they cover. Even if they cover the spread rams. Which I know we were talking about going on a different night. (coughs) We were. And just throwing a couple, couple... Throw away bets down. And whatever. if if you're betting though, that would be the bet to make. Absolutely. Like betting on Alabama and Georgia would have got you about three cents. So it makes sense. The bets that you threw down were the correct ones to put down. I just don't know if that's where I would put my money. No, I would definitely like I said, I I'm not a guy that usually carries around cash. I'm I'm new school. A young millennial, whatever, don't carry cash. Make fun of that, what you will. I know Justin's sitting here making fun of I had $10 of cash sitting in my wallet for 
probably a good month and a half now. And I figure, why not? Keeper Sykes for three. Let's get it, buddy! Boom. First bucket of the game for the Let's Pacers. That's go. a lead. Let's go, buddy. Deep three from the corner. Anyway, no, I had 10 bucks sitting in my wallet. I thought, you know, why not? Did Shauna try to talk you off the ledge? No, she was encouraging me to do it. That's Great girl. Got, so, you know, it should have been just walked away. When the old lady's encouraging you, that's when pump the brakes and reevaluate. She was all for making the trip to the casino. I can see that. So she was all for it. We went. Well, yeah, she's betting with your money. Sure. Whatever. Like I said, it was a fun little, like I said, even if I hit, because I, I did the spreads, cover the spreads too, which neither one was fucking close on. We also knew that was probably going to happen. I had a little bit of hope with Michigan. I thought maybe they would. Let's go. Let's go, Keith. Ah, uh, played too smart. No, nope, got it. Another three, Traveled, though. though. Let's go. Six for Kiefer to start with. All right. Anyway, so, yeah, let's do a little bit of betting talk. Probably should keep track of these a little bit more. Uh, we, we need a secretary, guys. Like, I know I'm wearing a lot of hats here, but we need a secretary. <laughs> I don't think you would trust either one of us to write anything down. No, I know. That's why I'm saying we need to hire somebody. Well, we need, we need our bets with Cincinnati and Michigan to start hitting before we hire someone. That too. Anyway, so <laughs> we'll stay in the college football world just while we're talking about it. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, coming up Monday, national championship. And Georgia favored by three. Really? And really? is that surprising to anyone else? Alabama is plus 125 on the money line. We might need to make, go make a trip after this episode's done recording, Ramsey. That that uh, Mechie injury is that's got to be that's got to be so correlated with the with the receiver that was injured. I think his name's John Mechie. Man, that seems like because what was Georgia and Alabama the first time around? What was the spread on that? The first go around, which Seven, Alabama was a forty-one twenty-four winner, uh, was Georgia by six when it closed. Like I'm saying, I I want to I, I want to say I believe in Georgia. I just don't know if I I I've never seen it happen before where Georgia's the better team. Do you know what I mean? Like right, that's what I'm saying is I I think you know, I almost got to put some scratch down on Alabama and just take yeah. I, I I don't want to root for Alabama. Neither do I. That's a, that's a slippery slope right there. But plus 120, I mean, that's not great. It's not like a whole lot of money back in your pocket, but you could maybe parlay that with something You'd, else going on over the weekend. Yeah. You know, maybe increase your odds a little you bit. Talk, when, when you talk about numbers now, before you guys make your final decision here, when you talk about numbers, Nick Saban, 15 for 15 against former assistants. That's putting more meat to go do I know. It. I think I'm leaning Alabama, too. I, and, you know, I, I don't even want to take credit for this because this was not me. I was listening to the radio on the way into work of the day of the SEC championship game. And I wish I remembered the host I was listening to because they deserve the credit. And they looked and they're like, hey, with Alabama, you're giving me the better quarterback, the better coach, and points. And right there I knew. I'm like, Alabama's going to win that game. Like, it's better quarterback, better coach, and points. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, that's like I said. I'm I'm thinking about maybe after we get done recording here, that's gonna be maybe a trip over the other side of Green Bay quick. <laughs> Give me Alabama all day long. I'm taking Alabama. That's what I'm saying. Georgia, plus, Georgia, Alabama Georgia's plus one twenty-five. Impeccable. Alabama plus one twenty-five to win outright. I'm taking that all day. Give me Bama on the points. Georgia's defense is impeccable. Top of the line. The best defense, guys, in the nation. Alabama is a little bit injured at wide receiver, but the depth talent they have, speaking to what Ramsey was talking about before, matters. They have a kid that's going to start at right guard in J.C. Latham. He is a Wisconsinite kid. He transferred to IMG Academy. You never, you never bet against the greatest coach of all time, Nick Saban. Give me Alabama. I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, especially, yeah. Yeah, so that's. I don't want to pull for Alabama, though. No, I know. It it kills me inside. (coughs) But I think for the sake of college football, I would love to see Georgia win. I would, too. There's got to be a torch. Passing somewhere. I don't think it's right now, though. And Saban's not. Do you know what I mean? Like, Saban's not. Saban's 70, bro. He's 70 years old. I understand that, but it's not like he's slowing down at all either. Do you know what I mean? No. I totally know. I totally agree. It's crazy. That that dude's been so good for so long. So we're all in Alabama. What's Saban against the spread? Does anyone have those numbers up right away? I can get that. One sec. Do you want career or just this season? Career. What's Saban against Oh, God, I'm not going to be able to find that. But I can't imagine that. What I can tell you, though, is this year against the spread, Alabama's 8-6 and six against the spread. They've had some monster spreads, though. Right. Like, I bet you one of the games they lost was against Auburn. Well, for the for what it's worth, Georgia against the spread is nine and five. Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Well, I named three right off the top of my head. How do you feel about no, the Ole Miss, Texas A&M? Did it again. Let's go, Keith. How do you feel about the over under fifty two? Take the over. Life's too short to bet the under, right? Oh, give me the that's under. tough. That's tough. Alabama on the money line. Alabama to cover and taking the over. Same game parlay? Yeah. That's nasty stuff. Dangerous, Ramsey. However, so that's that's college football. That's the radar. Then we look at a little bit in the world of the NFL. Looking ahead to week 18 here. Is it just me or does anyone else hate week 18? Yeah, I'm not a big fan. This was I, I think the NFL was really hoping that this was going to matter a lot more than it did. There's, what, two games that will end up mattering? Maybe yeah, three. the rest is just kind of a bunch of... So let's take a look at those games that are going to matter, or potentially could matter. Chargers-Raiders, uh, that's Sunday Night Football for you, the last game of the weekend, last game of the regular season. Chargers favored by three on the road. Uh, give me the Chargers by three. My heart and my soul wants Rich Basaccia 
and the Vegas Raiders to win and go to the playoffs. What a great story Rich Passaccia is. But how good is Derek Carr, too? Can we, I, I think that's when we don't give enough credit to. That dude is going through so much just dysfunction as an organization and head coach, wide receiver issues, defensive back issues. Who was also arrested again today on a DUI? Huh. Anyways, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a hat. Another quarterback I'd like to give the hat off to is uh, Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. Incredible. And I missed on him completely. I thought he was going to be a bust, but I, that's wrong. He's, he might be the best quarterback in the league right now. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. Whoa. Tell me I'm wrong. Who's Whoa. better? Just off the top of your head. Rodgers. I don't know if Rodgers is better. Rogers your is... guy. Your guy. Brady. Tom Brady. Brady is not the best quarterback in the league anymore. Brady wasn't the best quarterback last year. Brady's the best player of all time. And that's what I'm saying with Aaron and Brady. It kind of falls on the boat. They're both way better pre-snap. Can you... That's, a, that, that's an interesting argument. Can you say that he's the best player of all time or is he the best quarterback of all time? Who, Brady? Brady's yeah. the best player of all time. I would say he's the most... I don't even say... I, I can't say that he's the best. I'd say he's best the most successful. Player? Who's, who's better, though? Athletically speaking, talent-wise speaking, I'd the say Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any of the accomplishments that Brady does. That's sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's the most decorated. You can't he's the most say that and say that. Yeah. But the same with Jordan, though. LeBron is a more talented player than Jordan was, but Jordan or LeBron doesn't have the same accomplishments that Jordan does, right? Yeah, but you would make the same argument that LeBron's better. I do make that argument. I don't. I don't. That's close. Aaron, you, I would give you Aaron if you want to tell me Aaron's a better quarterback than Tom Brady. That's Tom Brady's had a lot of help through his career. And he gets a lot of credit. And I'm a big Brady fan. I love Tom Brady. I think he's the GOAT, obviously. I think there's um, one other player. I mean, Jerry Rice, obviously. The most talented player I've ever seen play is Randy Moss. If you, want to, talk, if you want to talk just pure talent, Randy Moss, that one game, he, and Justin might want to help me out with this. Um, what was it? Three receptions for three touchdowns, like 168 yards. 198. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I... If we're talking just pure talent base, Randy Moss is probably the best, most talented player. Him, Lawrence Taylor, I mean, some of those other just insane athletes for their time. Barry Sanders probably yeah. falls in that same category. You know, I'd be really yeah. curious. You know, you look at you look at how much the league has changed and how much the sport has changed. We throw guys like Jim Brown and Don Hudson, who just athletically speaking. I'm not saying that they could hang now, but you'd think that they would. Their their size and their abilities would have translated probably pretty well across all areas. <coughs> well, Same think, thing I say about LeBron James going backwards in retrospect, but I, just kind of flashing it forward. I think there's a lot of players that's unfortunate the time they played, right? Like Lawrence Taylor specifically. If you brought Lawrence Taylor to today, I mean. That dude is a stud. Or Reggie White from back in the day. You know, Reggie White would mm -hmm. just bowl those yeah. people. And it's it's kind of a shame that some of these guys we didn't get to see. Or even we talked about um, Jerry Rice and Randy Moss a second ago. Imagine what those guys could have done if you, they could play in today's rules with the how the defense is coached now. Right? Right. 
linebackers can't. Well, even just, how it's officiated. Linebackers just can't lay you out anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys heard the Tom Brady's podcast. We was talking about the other day on how um, one of the things with and why he's able to play as long as he has is that he can throw over the middle now. Mm-hmm. Guys didn't go over the middle, you know, ten years ago. Now, Unless you were Brett Favre, then he just said, fuck it. Yeah, just fly. let it rip. <laughs> but Brady can throw right across the middle now and not have to worry about him injuring receivers because he threw into a middle linebacker, right? So imagine what people, like I said, like a Randy Moss or even a T.O. or Chad Ochocinco could have done in today's game with how it's spaced and how it's officiated now. Yeah, that's all true. Really makes you wonder. I mean, just how the game's evolved and whatnot. Um, also, I, while we're kind of talking about that, before we get back into the, the betting world, I heard this. I was listening to this conversation today. So, the 2004 with Big Ben. I mean, they got one more game left, and maybe Me and they, Rape is Roethlisberger. Allegedly, Roethlisberger's. Anyway, but so. With last night's all the fanfare for Big Ben in Pittsburgh playing probably his last game in Pittsburgh, 2004 quarterback class is essentially in the books. Right. You had Rivers. Right. Eli Manning. Right. And Big Ben. Right. Most would probably argue Big Ben's going to end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer, two Super Bowls. Right. uh, Three appearances. Sure. But of that class, Philip Rivers was the best. That was the conversation they were having on um, on Mad Dogs, Mad Dog Russo's radio show, as to are those guys Hall of Famers? Are all three of them? So we talked about this off air, and this is the issue that I run into with the NFL is that we're having that conversation. Ben should be a Hall of Famer. Philip Rivers should be a Hall of Famer. Eli shouldn't. But the, if you would probably put odds on it, Eli probably has better odds than Philip Rivers does. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's an issue with how the NFL is. Because Eli, for the majority of his career, was aggressively average. He had two really good playoff runs. He had a couple decent seasons and a bunch of mediocrity. He had three playoff wins outside of the two years they won Super Bowls. Right, and they just got hot. And Eli looked like one of the better <laughs> quarterbacks in the league in those runs. But outside of those, what, so nine playoff wins? Right. A lot of average. And I would say Philip Rivers probably had the least help of that group. Playing in San Diego for those stretchy years, I think that that team was... And I, I, you'd probably say Ben had probably had the most help, right? Like Ben probably had the best rosters for the, what was that, 15 years now they've been in the lead? Uh, this is Big Ben's 18th year. 18th year. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? I think I would. I think I would agree with you for the argument's sake, but I think all three are probably at some point Hall of Famers. Phil Rivers is obviously the biggest question mark because, you know, he doesn't have the Super Bowl. But Ben Ben Roethlisberger is is hands down a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't. Eli is to me is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I agree with the sentiment that he had two good um, playoff runs, and, and that's what got him there. Um, Philip Rivers, for the longest time, carried a franchise on his back. Uh, 
and did it with little help uh, from the defensive side of the ball. So I think you have to equate that. Um, there are a number of other numbers that could sway this argument in different ways, no matter how deep we dig into it, whether it's comeback wins, playoff wins, uh, career passing percentage, or what's the QB rating for their career. Or, you know, the deeper you could dive into it, the the argument would change, I think, in three different directions by the time we come out with the actual outcome. See, in my opinion, I think it's Ben and Phillip, and Eli is a pretty distant third. And I no offense to you. I don't disagree. You. And that's just, and that's the thing that I, I'm kind of not a huge fan of the Hall of Fame is how they kind of, like what, Leroy Butler's up this year, right, again? Yeah, it's his third year being a finalist. He doesn't deserve to be a Hall of Famer. Ooh. Like, I don't think he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. He was a really, really good player. And not to take anything away from LeBoy, Leroy Butler's career or even what he's done post-career, but I don't think that he is Hall of Fame worthy either. I mean, do you guys, is that, I think if, if, if you go off the sentiment, I can agree with that. If you go off the sentiment and you look at the list of finalists and say that there's not one that deserves to be there. I would, so does that have the list in front speaking, of me? Though, I, statistically, though, he does have an argument based on who they've had the last few years. He's a four-time first team. He's a four-time all-pro, right? First-team all-pro guy. I believe so. Yeah, statistically speaking, he has an argument because I think he's had better numbers than guys who have gotten in the other years he's been a finalist. With that in mind, though, I would argue kind of towards what Ramsey said. So I think Aaron Rodgers actually said this today or had said this recently, um, where you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because it's kind of getting watered down unless you were a guy who was one of the top three in the league for the majority of your career. Guys like, I mean, you look at, you know, our one of our some of our hometown guys, you look at Donald Driver, awesome player, Packer Hall of Famer, not an NFL Hall of Famer. Nope. Jordy Nelson, this is going to piss some people off. Packer Hall of Famer, awesome guy, not an NFL Hall of Famer. I think Jordy's closer than Donald Driver is. Sure, I mean, but neither one of them should be in the Hall of Fame. Probably make the, the argument. So I'm looking through this list real quick. And I would say there's probably three or four that should be in. I think Devin. What's the list? Devin Hester should be in the Hall of Fame. What? Devin Hester was the best kick returner for a Devin decade. Hester, Devin Hester is the best kick returner ever. Right. Best kick punt returner. Devin Hester should probably be in the Hall of Fame on the, that merit. I think that. Andre Johnson should probably be in the Hall of Fame. I'd agree with that. I think that Patrick Willis should be in the Hall of Fame. Also agree with that. And I think that DeMarcus Ware should be in the Hall of Fame. So who, who just because I don't have the list in front of me, who are you leaving out? Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Tori Holt, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, and Bryant Young. I would probably make the case for Reggie Wayne, too. Is Marvin Harrison in? 
I'd have to look. I would put I. Oh my god, I would put Reggie Wayne in over Andre Johnson. I would also probably put. <laughs> I'd also probably put Richard Seymour in too. I think not having Rondé Barber in is a mistake. But if you put Rondé Barber in, you certainly should put Leroy Butler in. I, I'm that's just me. But so, I don't. But this is. I don't think any of the people that you named, outside of maybe Andre Johnson, are Hall of Fame worthy. Patrick so, Willis played seven seasons. Yes, but he was the best middle linebacker for six of those. In Marvin Harrison was elected in 2016, by the way. So if Marvin Harrison's in, I guess Reggie Wayne gets in. But this is kind of the issue that I'm that we were talking about the Hall of Fame, though. That entire list, in my opinion, there's only probably two guys that are probably like he has to be in. That's Devin Hester and who's the other one? Patrick Willis. I those are the two guys that have to be in. And I know that Patrick Willis won seven years hurts his career, but he was a... He only played seven years. 2007 to 2014. Yeah. Wow. But he was the best middle linebacker in the league for seven years. I mean, that's probably six of those seven. So I think that's what ultimately kind of makes this case is that I just found out that he was only in the league for seven years. And it's like, yeah, I thought he was a Hall of Famer before that. But you still remember him, though, as being... Yeah, no, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that's what I'm saying. Like I said, I, you don't realize he's only in it for seven years. But then you have that realization, and it's like, damn. Like, yeah, he definitely deserves to be in. I don't know, Justin, who do you think? If you had, if you had to pick four, like, who's your four that should be in? If I had to, if I had to pick four, I'll, I'll be Rondé Barber. I'll be a homer with Leroy Butler. That's just me being a homer. I think you look at a guy... Um, Reggie Wayne, no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't know that I have a fourth guy, really. Um, Zach Thomas is in there for me, too. I, I don't know if I'd put him in my – if I had to only pick four. Zach Thomas was so good for so long, I certainly too. would put Zach Thomas in over Patrick Willis. It, it, that's just my personal so, – Zach Thomas did it for long. Yeah, for he did so it, long. He did it from 1996 to 2008, right? But I could make an argument yeah. for Patrick. He, he was not the best middle linebacker in the league any one of those years. Ray Lewis Nobody was in the was lead then. Five, he was a top five middle linebacker for longer than Patrick Willis. Yes, but he was not number one. You know, I, I, like I said, I think that the, the argument is probably somewhere between one to th- four or five. You have to be in that top three, four, or five. See, and that's, in my opinion, that you have to be a top three position for the majority of your career. And that, so Zach Thomas, should Zach he? Zach Thomas was probably third or fourth, though, for that's almost all of his career. He's probably the closest one that I would have close, but not quite in. And I don't, and I don't know that I would put, I, I know you guys are high on Devin Hester, and I know he was a game changer and changed the outlook of how you played special teams. In, in that aspect, but I don't, you know, it, it's the same argument. If you flip the name and you put Vinatieri in there, how long did you have that argument that, you know, there was only one kicker 
of all time that was in the Hall of Fame. And I very much think that Vinatieri should, should be. In. I agree with Aaron. Gets that should, I think Vinatieri should be first. Yeah, right? I don't disagree, but I what I'm saying is is Vinatieri did it for like what 25 years, right? He just stopped. he's not even eligible though yet. Who was it? Who was there? Was a it was Vinatieri, wasn't it? He's not no, eligible yet. He's not eligible yet. He's he won't be eligible until I think twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five. I can't remember. His last year was what twenty nine. Well, what was there, there was a kicker that was considered for like. The, I couldn't think of who would be off the top of my head, but. Anyways, that's been a conversation for a long time. I don't know that I agree that Devin Hester as a special teams player should be in the Hall of Fame. I your just average I mean, special t- your most returners, I would agree with you. I would agree Devin with that Hester, 99 of 100 times. Devin, Devin Hester is the, is the exception. exception to the point where he, the way that he played that position – with the impact that he had at that position for a decade too he played for makes him a hall of famer he took a, in if i'm not mistaken he also housed one during the super bowl against the colts didn't he yes he did so not that that matters to they end up losing but i mean like i said i think you can make the case for it and i don't think it's a hard case to make like i don't maybe i think this is his first year being eligible mm-hmm. maybe second so maybe if that's your argument Maybe he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I will concede that. Right, but he deserves to be in. He deserves to be in. Yes, maybe. You, you know, I don't. That it's a that's a it's an argument for sure. Anyway, I think he belongs. I think he belongs on the finals list for sure. I just getting back to the betting world uh, a little uh, bit though. Yeah, no kidding. So we've done one NFL game. Uh, we, I think we're all. Did Justin? Did you actually have an f- official pick on Chargers Raiders? Ah, I took Rich Bisaccia. All right, I think I'm also going to go Raiders on that one too. The Raiders. Um, next game, then, like I said, we're only going to do the couple that matter this weekend. We'll go Niners Rams. Nine or Rams are a four point favorite at home. Give me the Niners. I'm also leaning Niners. Yeah, Niners Rams give me the Rams has got a lot to play for. Niners got a lot to play for. Give me the Rams and lock up the number two seed. All right, then we look at uh let's take a look here. Cowboys Eagles on Saturday night. Uh Cowboys are a seven point favorite in Philadelphia. Give me the fighting Eagles. I'm going to take the Cowboys because Philadelphia really doesn't have anything to gain, do they? Ultimately, no. They're I think in? basically, as of right now, I think Philadelphia's they're locked in. in. Yeah. yeah, Philadelphia's locked in. I think the only teams that are on the bubble are, or the only two teams that aren't in the bubble, and it's like right now would be San Francisco. But San Francisco and New Orleans are both eligible yet who don't have a spot locked in. See, I think that... Dallas just have more to play for for seeding purpose. Because I don't think, I mean, I think ultimately they can be their six or seven. I think whoever ends up um, with that West 
or with the situation in the West ends up being the five and and that how that all plays out. Are the Rams officially division title winners? They win their division now. No, I think it's up for grab this weekend. It's between them and Arizona, yeah, right? Yeah, I think I think it's up for to grab this weekend. Eleven and five. Yeah, so the, if the Rams lose, I think the Cardinals would have to win. Um, obviously, because then they'd be twelve and they'd both be twelve and five. I think the Cardinals have the tiebreaker in that too. Um, so you're you're right. So with that in mind, uh, they have more seating to play for because I think the Eagles are going to basically be the way that's going to shake out is basically probably playing Tampa Bay. Either way, right? But I right. think I think Philadelphia probably has to play for momentum because they I mean they've been winning however many in a row now. They're riding at nine and seven right now. They are locked in. Seven's a lot for Dallas to cover. Though. I'm going to take Philadelphia because of the points. I think Dallas ultimately ends up winning that game, but I'll take Philadelphia to cover. I would not bet that game. No, like I would not go to the sports book and put money down on either one of those teams. No, absolutely not. All right, so then. Uh, we take a look at a couple other games. There actually is a few other games that have some relevance, I suppose. Uh, we can take a look at... Let's look at, for the last one we're going to pick from here, uh, Steelers-Ravens, Baltimore by 5.5. Both teams technically still eligible for playoffs. Have a lot of things that need to happen. <coughs> uh, Baltimore's a 5.5-point favorite at home. I'm going to take Baltimore. I'm also taking Baltimore. Is Lamar Jackson playing? Is what is what is going on with those guys? That's a good question, and I will look that up as we speak. But I don't see anything indicating one way or the other. If Jackson's playing, I'm going with the Ravens. If Jackson's not playing, I'm going with the Ravens. <laughs> That's how I felt. That <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh. But let me do all this work. But you know what I would do? I would go down and I would bet your $5 parlay or I put on your little $5 parlay that TJ Watt breaks the sack record this weekend. Very, very How far away is possibility. He? What is he, two, three away? I don't know. I think he's like a half a sack away. Let's look. That means you guys got to keep talking. I could be. I'm pretty I'm pretty wrong all the time, so So I was still kind of looking at that top five quarterback conversation of all time. And this is a list I found. Um Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, give me a I, break. Yeah. I don't I don't think that Aaron's better than Peyton was either. He's one behind. Uh, really? With Watts. Four sack night against the Browns Monday Night Football. Puts him at 21.5, which is one behind Michael Strahan's 22.5. So one to tie, two to break. Do you guys remember that? I I, I am all for TJ Watt holding that record. Do you guys remember when they were talking about not signing him to that giant extension over the offseason? You remember when we drafted Kevin fucking King over TJ Watt? I was sitting in an Applebee's, and I... Almost had to leave the Applebee's because I was going to start throwing stuff. When they when they drafted Kevin K or they traded the pick away, 
that TJ Watt was still on the board. I was sitting in an Applebee's at a booth in Appleton, the one that's over off of Wisconsin. I was sitting at a booth, and I'm I like, love how you remember. This is like, like I don't want to equate to like 9-11 or, or like the day Lennon died or whatever. For Every generation has their thing, but this the was fact my, that it's that traumatic this was for my, you. I was so angry. I'm still angry. I remember I was sitting watching the TV. I was drinking a bush light. Watching them not pick TJ Watt, and I actually do believe we left. Like I just put money on the table and walked out because I was that angry at the prospect of them passing on TJ Watt. You know what the sad thing is? I remember exactly where I was too and how that night shook out. <sighs> went to, I went. I remember going to dinner with my dad because I had a gift card to use up, and then me and my college roommates uh, stayed up. Because I was picked 29. It was late, yeah. We stayed up. We had a bunch of food to go from this restaurant because I had a bunch of gift cards to use up. And you could only use, they were about to expire like the next week or something like that. So we had to use it all up. So I bring back all this food from this restaurant that I don't even think is open anymore. I don't want to name drop it because I could be wrong about that. But this restaurant that's not even open anymore brought a bunch of food back. We sat up till what, almost 11 o'clock at night to watch them trade the freaking pick away. Oh, so. And then draft Kevin King and went into being uh, Vince Beagle, which was cool to have a Badger linebacker, but the wrong one. Justin, where were you when they did not draft TJ Watt? <laughs> that April. I was definitely May. at my house. Um, probably drunk. Sitting at my house. Yeah, I was uh, drunk. Drinking bush light. Happily drunk. And eating. Uh, Honey barbecue chicken wings from Applebee's and the half apps. That's how late it was. It was after 10 o'clock because we were doing half apps. I'm still upset about it. <laughs> I remember being terribly upset about it. I, that I remember. But to be fair, TJ Watt at the time was, he was a borderline second, end of first, sec, early second round pick. Right, and we've had the twenty-ninth pick. You had you had the chance to get him. I get it. It's just, I I think they thought they could get him in the second round, and they got their asses bit. They probably thought they could get him with I that extra f- pick at thirty-three yep. that they got yep. from uh, from Cleveland. Yeah, probably did. You're probably that's probably that's not exactly wrong. What I'm- that you're yeah you're right on that. That's what they thought, and then. The Can we move on? <laughs> we can. Um, couple finishing notes. Badgers end up winning the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, just past the crack of, what, 1230, I think it was, under being uh, last week, Justin? Yep. Stayed up, watched it. It was a great game. Uh, nine minutes and 57 seconds was the final drive. The Badgers led from... Their three-yard three line, line go ninety yards. They and don't rallied off nine minutes and fifty-seven seconds. It was an, uh, probably the greatest drive of the season. Ended up coming out with no um, points off of it, but that was fine. The clock ran out. Uh, in true Paul Christ fashion, he showed just how much he didn't understand clock management uh, on fourth down. Had to run the ball to run the clock out. Um, after taking two knees, which is embarrassing in itself. Um, but a, a, a good win against a, a decent Arizona State 
program coached by a, a bunch of um, NFL coaches, uh, uh, offensive analyst on that quote or on that, uh, on that team is Marvin Lewis, uh, defensive coordinator, Antonio Pierce, who was a pretty darn good linebacker for a long time in the NFL and Herm Edwards, who's, who's had a couple of head coaching stints in the NFL. So, um, a bunch of guys that really do know how to coach the Badgers come out with a big win there. Uh, what other Badger news can we talk about, boys? We can talk well, about Leo Chanel penning his Leo goodbye Chanel. letter. There was a lot. There was a lot of guys. Fayon Hicks, Leo Chanel, uh, have lost uh, or have gone and decided they are going to forego their eligibility. Uh, the Badgers will have to replace all four starters um, in the back end of their defense. They will have to replace their two inside linebackers, three of their four starting linebackers. So they they have a big rebuilding job going on on the defensive side. They are pretty pretty well stacked in in that facet of uh, the roster. Um, Joe Rudolph did accept the uh, Virginia Tech offensive line run game coordinator job. He is leaving Wisconsin. Good riddance. Um, yeah, bye. You, you've seen a ton of former players reach out in, in their acceptance and, and, and love for Joe Rudolph um, for as bad as it got in the end. Um, the guy was a great recruiter. He did a good job over his time. It was falling off, though. And there was more evidence of that today as the Badgers lost out on their second of three stud in-state offensive linemen. And Carson Hinsman decided to commit to Ohio State instead of Wisconsin. Uh, a big loss. So that's the Badgers had three uh, top 10 offensive linemen um, in the state of Wisconsin and only claimed one of those. Uh, the other two, one going to Ohio State, one going to Notre Dame. So that's a, a big news. You could directly affect that or correlate that to Joe Rudolph leaving. Um, and uh, there's a lot of talk about Bob Bostead um, switching from inside linebackers back to his original spot where he has coached in the NFL as a offensive line coach, which I think is going to be great. Uh, whatever the Badgers do, they really this really opens up an opportunity to find a quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator. Um, that that could help progress uh, stagnant offense that needs to kind of move in a certain direction. Um, other than that, guys, Scott's volleyball won national championship a couple of weeks ago. How about that, huh? Huh? Yeah, pretty awesome. We talked about that two episodes ago. <laughs> that was kind of all I had. Good stuff. Uh, Bucks Anything are playing. Else? You got it? No, they'll, they'll take care of it. We talked about Badger basketball earlier in the show. Um, Badger hockey's 
both men and women still doing their stuff. Um, and the Bucks are still a thing. They're playing. I could not tell you the last time they played. I think, what was it? Last? I think they lost last night. They did. I probably they played, Detroit. Though. Thank you. So, yes. Thanks, Ramsey. So, yes, the Bucks are playing. Yes. They are on the year. Pretty good. <laughs> Just stalling for time here as I look up. They are 25 and 14. Lost to the 7 and 28 uh, Pistons. Uh, 115 to 106. Uh, some depth issues with, I believe, Grayson Allen and Pat Conton both going to the COVID list or already being on it. Uh, so I believe they have gone to the COVID list because they both played last night. So that that's what the buck is going on. Still doesn't matter. But we can talk about something that does matter, and that being the Green Bay Packers clinching the number one seed in a game that wasn't as cold as it looked, having been at Lambeau Field myself on Sunday night for Sunday night football against the Vikings. Just a thorough ass kicking. It looks like the Packers looked at their Twitter mentions and saw, hey, people say we can't close out games. To that point, they couldn't. Do you remember what Rams said about that last week? That they were fine? I did. But they closed out the game against Minnesota in all fashions of the game. Uh, had a little bit of a slow start, which is the one kind of nitpicky thing that I don't think matters in the long run either. Agree with that 100%. But ultimately, get the job done against Minnesota. 37-10 winner to clinch the one seed after a little bit of help from our friends out in Arizona, beating Dallas to uh, close that magic number down to one. All the Packers needed to do was win. <coughs> and man, did they. Justin, any takeaways here? The, the, the Packers are good. They're really, really good. You're sounding like my Bucks report. What does he really say about him <laughs> well, at this I mean, point, though? That hasn't been said right. already. Like they're the best team in the league right, right. now, and that's not. I don't. Well, you that. just need. You need to move on to the next conversation, which is: Are we playing our starters this week or not? Um, where are Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari? Um, sounds like they're going to get Kiki back. You know, those are really the the hot button topics of what we need to be talking about right now, uh, beating up on a, a Vikings roster that was without a top 16 quarterback in Kirk Cousins. I don't think it really matters uh, though that much. Green Bay was just better. Like they just were better. They were better. They came to play. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it mattered who was quarterback. I, yeah. I don't think it really mattered who was lined up against them on Sunday. It was going to be the similar outcome. Hell Delvin cook and check. Yeah. But uh, to answer some of those questions, Justin, that you had uh, posed, I believe the talk is as of right now, and it, we can talk about right or wrong, and we can have that discussion, uh, but the plan is to play guys on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers will yeah. start. How long they play, I think, is the ultimate discussion, um, but they did say that he's playing. Uh, Devonta Adams has confirmed that he's playing. I would play everybody but Aaron. There's nothing for Aaron. I wouldn't play Adams. I wouldn't play Jones. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't I, play Dylan. No, I agree. I would play Aaron Consit. 
I want to see what Jordan Love can do. I want to see him again for a second time. His little bit that he played on Sunday, he was a lot of meh. He had some good throws in there too. Not not saying that. But when you so when you watch his stuff right back to back to Aaron's, and I know it's a hard comparison because Aaron, we just talked about, might be the best quarterback to ever play. Well, and you're also thinking about the timing of the game too. I mean, they're not playing the score. Yes, there. but his motion in the pocket is not as crisp as Aaron. Regardless of anything else about Jordan Love, and I, I don't think I really want to get into that today, but he does not look as fluid in the pocket. And even his release is a lot longer. I would like to see what he could do in a full game with a full week of practice going to a team that he should be able to beat pretty handily. Because really at this point, we have no idea what's there. I don't think there's anything there to worry about. I think that he's just another guy, but I, I want to see that. I want to see either confirmation one way or the other. And I think after two starts with the, the Cincinnati or the Kansas City game and Detroit this weekend, that'd be enough to have some sort of an idea. I think at the end of the day, Jordan Love is going to get the majority of the snaps. I don't know if that's Rodgers playing a quarter, playing a half, playing a couple possessions. Would you play Aaron? With if that he, toe injury? If he says he wants to play. And I think because he said that they've had this conversation a couple times. They had it after the game immediately Sunday. They had it on Monday. If he's good with it, I think perception helps that they play a little bit because whatever, you know, there's a little bit of risk. There's very, I, I mean, there's risk anytime you step on the field, but there's very minimal risk in him playing a couple drives. I'm more worried about that foot, though. Just someone steps back wrong. Do you yes. know what I mean? And when you're injured already, you already favor stuff, right? Right. When you're injured, you favor. And I don't want to see something worse happen because he's favoring the foot. Especially when you can give him two weeks off. Technically, but what, three? It'd be like three. Right. All said and done. Let him take a month. Let him. What do you think, Justin? As a, as a coach, if that was you, what would you do? Let him play a quarter. Let him play a quarter. Obviously, you know, ultimately. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the decision maker here, right? Right. Um, uh, you know, it, it's not going to really much matter what LaFleur or Goody or Hackett or whoever has to say about him. Aaron wants to go. Aaron wants to go. He's going to play, right? I would be more worried about we need to get – we need to get Jair – some snaps. Yes. We need to get Bakhtiari some snaps. 100%. We need to get Zadarius, if he ever comes back, some snaps. I don't want these guys coming back and playing their first game back from injury in the second round of the playoffs, no matter how good they are. There is a rust factor, right? And with how good the Packers are playing right now, even with Yash Nijman as, as their starting left tackle, I don't want Bakhtiari coming back and having his first game as in the second round. I, I, I'm sorry. Bakhtiari needs to play the whole game. Jair needs to play the whole game. Yep. That Those are my thoughts. Those are the guys I'm more worried about. I think, I think the starting offense is probably going to play. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play the more than a quarter. I wouldn't play either of the two running backs for sure. Uh, no doubt about that, right? I would I would be more scared about my offensive line. 
um, trying to keep intact. Specifically, the one person that I'm going to keep intact is who's been pretty much uh, the centerpiece of of the whole offense this whole season are the two starting guards, the two young guys in the guard that have been just awesome all season and Runyon Jr. and Royce Newman. Uh, they've been they've been uh, stables there. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't I would protect those two guys. I would protect our inside linebacker in Devondre Campbell. He's been so invaluable this year, right? And, yep. And I need to see those two or three guys come back from injury and play. What about Randall Cobb? Is he coming back? Randall Cobb is probably a guy I can see come back in. We're so deep at receiver. I could see him come back in the second round, right? Yeah, he was designated that, to return that on Sunday be too bad. or Saturday. Right. And so was Jair, right? Uh, he was officially activated on Wednesday. But then he also went to the COVID list, too, as of those, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Those guys need to play downs. and They need to mm-hmm. shake the rust off. I believe... That's my, that, I believe Matt LaFleur did say that the plan, if all goes well, would be Bakhtiari plays some. I don't think he ends up playing the whole game, but he would. the plan is for him in an ideal world that he plays this week. Um, it, it's been a little bit more tongue-in-cheek on Jair. I have not seen anything one way or the other on his status. I believe he was probably pretty close this week. I you know Obviously, I do agree. I would love to see him get some snaps against Detroit too. Um, if he's back from the COVID list, cause it was on Sunday. Right. Um, obviously with the protocol, you can be up until basically Wednesday. I think it's got to be five days if you're uh, not vaccinated. So I don't know what his status on that front is, but um, to this point, there's hope, but not a whole lot of, um, News one way or the other. I would love to see all three of them if they're going to be playing play. Uh, I think Zadarius is probably the farthest away from the sound of it. It doesn't sound like he has even, I think he was clear from his, I believe he was clearing with the rehab group last week, but I don't think he's been like practicing like Jair has because Jair has been getting snaps. Jair's actually been playing offensive snaps too. I don't know if you guys saw that come out today. No, I didn't. But he's been playing offensively as well in practice for whatever reason. Well, really any reason to throw a wrinkle in the offense, right? I mean. <clears throat> so all that said. Yeah, it's just those guys need to get snaps big time. Like, especially Bakhtiari. There's no way that we're going to ask him to play um, against the defensive ends that uh, the Cowboys have, or Tampa Bay has, yeah, coming off of, you know what I mean? Like yep. he needs to play a whole bunch of snaps. So the latest news on Bakhtiari, uh, this comes from Zach Cruz at Packer Wire, is that that it, again, like I said earlier, the ideal scenario is that he plays, um, but he is day to day. They haven't done an official injury report for this week coming up here yet. But the plan is that he returns to practice this week. So the the line is for him to play this week. Right. At least a few snaps. 
What do you think, Ramsey? I, I want to play the guys, like you said. I think that I'd like to see David Bakhtiari. I'd like to see Jair Alexander. I would like to see any of these guys that have, that are going to have rust get at least some snaps. I would not play Aaron Rodgers. I would not play Aaron Jones. I would not play Devontae Adams. I don't think that there's not one of those guys that we have anything to gain by them playing. Right. Even A.J. Dillon. Even A.J. Dillon in the cold. A.J. Dillon's probably the the most important piece. Well, outside of Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Dillon's probably the most important piece coming down the stretch, especially playing at Lambeau in January and hopefully, what, February? First of February? I I think A.J. Dillon's probably the most important piece going forward because he's just a downhill runner. This is a good week to catch COVID. Yeah. I mean, just a downhill runner that can make downs hard. You know, that's just what he does. He makes stuff hard on defenses. Yeah, he's not a guy you want to tackle in the cold. Pure nope. and simple. You know, yeah, he's just, that's what they drafted him for. That's why I loved it when they drafted him. Um, he, they drafted him for that time. Yep. Uh, I thought it was wrong that they didn't use him right in last year's game. Uh, but, man, you know, does he look That's good, what though. they drafted him for. Is he? He's obviously the most improved player from year to year, right? From last year to this year? Yeah. Easily, yeah. Easily. Out of, you mean out of the draft class? Well, I'm saying just out of the team in general. Or just out of the whole roster. The whole roster. I mean, No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I think you could probably make a case for John Runyon Jr. Uh, you know, maybe King, yeah. Kingsley Key. Rashawn Gary, those are guys you could bring up in the conversation, but I don't think there's any doubt about it. About it. Yeah, AJ John Runyon Jr.'s had a hell of a season, man. I that guy. It's a shame. It's a shame what's going to happen. The pack. The Packers are so loaded at offensive on offensive line right now. Yeah, they are. It's and it's a shame that they're probably going to end up losing their their. Depth. Their offensive line coach. Josh Nijman is looking like a starting left tackle right now in the league. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. he's probably going to get paid somewhere like Jacksonville. There's, there's a lot Back of those hair. guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I feel so, so bad for Trevor Lawrence <laughs> that Jason brought him up for just a second. I just feel like. Could you imagine getting drafted to Jacksonville? There's a petition going around right now that a lot of Jacksonville fans are wear clown costumes yes. to the game to make fun of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because did you hear what they want to do? What what their GM wants to do? Oh God, I can only imagine. Let's hear it, Rams or get Justin. This. Get this: their GM is pushing hard. To have their next head coach be Urban Meyer. Bill O'Brien. Oh, God. Are you serious? <laughs> serious. Dread bulky. And this is why that petition's going around. Ugh. Because the fans want bulky gone. Seriously? And Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why they're going to dress up as clowns. Oh, man. Good Doug Peterson. He has interviewed. Go get Doug Peterson. Go get a like a man. Go get a head coach that 
I heard that our offensive coordinator is a guy of interest. No, I don't want an offensive coordinator. I don't want Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator. I don't whoever. I don't want an offensive coordinator down there. I don't want Bill O'Brien. Give me an NFL head coach who's been an NFL head coach before that understands how to win the NFL. That's the only way that that issue yes. in Jacksonville gets solved. Hey, if you guys want to head down Jacksonville. there, tickets are twenty bucks. By a whole Jacksonville feels like they need a coach. Like a retread coach, like, yep. like a Jim Caldwell. Yeah, no, that'd be Jim perfect. Jim Caldwell would be another great pick. Jim Caldwell, Doug like Peterson. A, like a retread coach to get them to a different level. Matt Nagy. Try to change the expectation. You know, they need to get to the 8 and 9, 8 and, or uh, 7 and 10 level just before they try to. Five wins? Expect to get to this where winning the South or whatever division they're in. Like they, they need some competency to, to go through the building for three or four years. It is almost exactly like what the lions were doing with Caldwell. Yeah. Yep. Right. With Caldwell. And then they totally re did the whole thing for no apparent reason and went backwards. I don't they know. cannot. The Motor City Madman's pretty good. <laughs> Say what no, you will totally about the Lions. Agree. Dan Campbell's got those guys to play, and I, that's not a very no, talented I to- roster. I totally agree. I love. I we've talked about this what two weeks ago. I love that hire because that was about culture. Yeah, it was. And this guy is about culture. This is about. There is a a hint of talent on that roster. Right, we've talked about yeah. that before. Mm-hmm. Right, there is a hint of talent on on that Jacksonville roster, a hint of it. They just need somebody competent enough not to trade it all away or to release all the talent. Bill O'Brien. Right? <laughs> it, 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 <sighs> you're right. Thought of that. Just that that seems like a terrible. Because at this point, you have to get so Trevor to Lawrence me, right. Point blank, end of the day. What? You have to get the coach right because Trevor Lawrence is kind of depending on it. You were able to years two through five, yeah. You you acquired arguably one of the best prospects, prospects to come out of the college football scene in ever. Yeah, he's. They were it's talking about him Peyton with Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Andrew Locke, John Elway. That was the shortlist he was in coming out, and it was up. You have, and to you're get, not going to sit here. You have you cannot disagree with the fact that he is already he he is going to be already behind a oh, guy like Mac Jones. Hundred percent, he is right In now. Evolution. Yep. And yep. I, I I would still say so I you think, have to nail this. I think Trevor Lawrence is more talented than Mac Jones. I think Trevor Lawrence is talented enough to be as right. He is it's an Phil Rivers ceiling. and Eli. Yep. It's Philip Rivers and Eli Manning all over again. That's how you put a bow on a conversation, boys. You're bringing full circle. We had that conversation, what, a half hour ago, it seems yeah. like? That's how you do it. Uh, so Packers, right. Lions, I know we talk about who's going to play, how long they play. Uh, Packers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, all things considered. I would not bet that game. If you wanted to put... I wouldn't touch that game. would not touch that game. Well, here's, I mean, not as a Packer fan, or if you're putting That's money towards the Packers. That's a game that Sullivan's going to be our number one wide for 
Number one cornerback. There's no way I would touch that game. There's a decent chance. Henry we get. Black. Henry Black's going to be the leading tackler in that game. Is it going to be That's the laser show be. versus Jordan Love? It could be for most of the game. Tim Boyle yeah. did get the start last week. Lions are plus 115 on the money line. Oh. <laughs> could you imagine putting money on the Lions? A Lions Alabama parlay. <laughs> I got I got my bet for the week, boys. <laughs> anyway, oh. so with that in mind, I mean that's really I mean we kind of touched all bases, like you said. It's not a whole lot to break down from the game. No. Uh, really, just kind of seeing who plays, who doesn't, and then get right for the playoffs. One more thing I like to just mention on the game: How good is Aaron Rodgers pre-snap? Incredible. How many times did he check out of stuff before? Before there was issues like there was, I, I I'm sure Eric, you probably didn't see that as much. No, actually, um, I was gonna say, watching at watching in person, you actually see it a lot more. Just survey, yeah, looking, sure. and actually, and I was gonna, I'm glad you bring this up because I, I do want to just add one other thing. Jordan Love actually did an incredible job of that on Sunday too, in the the one possession he played or the two possessions he played, uh, going down. Actually, it was just one. It was the one long possession that they mm-hmm. ended up. Uh, not scoring on, but Jordan Love going down the field, checking into things, um, seeing the snap reads, and obviously he's not playing against the number one defense. Most of the Vikings starters were pulled too, but those are the things you look for. I mean, it's it's at you're at home really for the first time that counts. You're playing a division opponent. There's tape on you out there, and you went down the field, and at times at will. I mean, I shouldn't say at times it was one drive, but they went down the field that well. You were with your third string running back, mostly your second string line. You went down the field. You made the right reads. Missed a couple throws. Made some good throws, though, too. All in all, pretty good drive. Um, not Obviously not you know all pro like Aaron Rodgers type drive, but took what the defense gave you. Walked down the field, basically. But, yeah, a lot of that pre-snap stuff, like you said, just pretty great um, on both Rodgers and and Love. But Rodgers specifically, um, even when the fans doing my biggest annoyances, at no point did the wave actually happen all the way around. I was really happy about that. but Because um, Matt Daddy said no. Well, and they, they had to put the things on the, on the scoreboard a couple times. There's fans chanting MVP when they're about to snap the ball. Just... Peppermint's be the worst sometimes. Just silly stuff that should not be happening in a, in a playoff type atmosphere. Not playoff game, but trying to clinch a one seed late in December should have kind of gotten that out of the system. But it is what it is. Um, no, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers excellent before the snap. Um, you just even see like the motions and just seeing okay, here's what the defense is going to give us. And one thing Aaron had talked about the last time before when they had played and they ended up losing to Minnesota the first time was just how <coughs> disciplined Minnesota is pre-snap. <coughs> and yep. that's why the play clock winds down so much is because you're trying to get that last second read to kind of call them on their bluff as to see what they're actually doing. Right. And just picking them apart for a second time and ending up with, what, 37 points. That game was even further apart than the score indicates, and that was a blowout of a game. Well, it didn't look like Green Bay wasn't pulling out all the stops. Like they did for about the first what? Well, the first, I mean, you end the first, first quarter three nothing, but you had outgained them 
100, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was like 130 yards to like 30. Yeah, it was by 100 yards. Them. And even, they played really hard the second half, but by after halftime, they just kind of looked like everyone kind of knew what was going to happen, and it was just inevitable at that point. So anyway, just any parting thoughts on, on that quick before we wrap up? Nope. I got nothing. You guys nailed it. You guys... You guys are an A-class group right here putting shit together. I, I appreciate listening to you guys talk. Thank you, you don't have to lie to us. No, I'm taking that. Thank you. Anyway, so before I put a bow on this thing, we wrap up the last segment with what we always wrap up with, what we are rooting for in the upcoming week. Pick something that, you know, I was always kind of do. We kind of go a little bit not sure. Obviously, we're watching the Packers, but... Rams, what do you got going on the next week? Um, pulling, I'm pulling for the Lions. Go Lions. Let's cover the money line. All right, Justin. Ramsey, get out your little spreadsheet. Okay. I'm rooting for you to get out your little spreadsheet, wipe your ass with it, and roll it down the toilet because that's what it means to everybody about the college football. I'll say it to you. That's what I'm doing. 100% all seriousness. It's pretty fascinating when you start looking at the numbers on national title right. teams. For real. For real. Who has the lower recruiting ranking between these two teams going for the national championship? I actually have that number. Let me pull it up real quick. Because I knew I was going to ask that. Coming through in the clutch right here. Um, <laughs> Alabama has the lower-rated recruiting class over the last four years. They're both. Really? They're both. Uh, Georgia's technically the second. They average just the second-rated recruiting class. Alabama's just behind them at two point two five. Wow. Jeez. Give me Alabama, the lowest-rated re- recruiting class over the last four years to win the national championship. Actually, that's also not true. Other two teams left, though. That's what he was getting at. Um, yeah. LSU had a 7.25 back in 2019. But other two teams left. Yeah, you know, but it's still, yeah. the numbers still add out, don't they? Isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> nope. All right. And then Stupid. I'm, I'm going to wrap up here because we didn't talk about it throughout most of the uh, the podcast. Big week for Green Bay basketball for me personally. Just a lot of time in the radio station this week coming up. Five days of Green Bay basketball. Five straight days, men, women. Uh, Green Bay men playing, or I believe they're tra- nope, they're hosting UW-Milwaukee tomorrow night. I don't believe Pat Baldwin Jr. is going to play. Uh, at least the, stat, the spread would indicate that he's not. Green Bay a one-point favorite right now on that. Um, what? What? Why? Why what? Why is Green Bay a, a favorite? I that's a good question, Justin. <laughs> I don't make those. That's not my that's not my numbers. I'm just uh, reading Green off Bay, what Green Bay's what won two games this year? Green Bay is two and eleven, Milwaukee is four and nine four and nine. Yeah, Milwaukee's the better team by far. You got a better coach too. Different discussion. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Green Bay women. I'm are, just kidding. I love Will Ryan. Green Bay women are in action Thursday and Saturday. Men are in action Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So 
Get yourself some Green Bay basketball. Green Bay men at home Wednesday night. They do hit the road for the weekend. I believe the women are also on the road, if I'm not mistaken, because I think they were home this. La- they were supposed to be home this last weekend. Uh, have not played. What's their record? They are six and four, but they have not played. I believe in about two weeks because of uh, some COVID cancellations. They were supposed to win, or they were supposed to play uh, Detroit Mercy and Oakland over the weekend. Uh, Detroit Mercy ended up being a forfeit with how the Horizon League's uh, record or how their protocols are. Big win. Um, and then Detroit, uh, Oakland was a no contest and will be made up at a later point. But the last time the Green Bay Phoenix women have played. Wait, why? Why, 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 why the difference there? Why? I don't get that. Depending on how the heart, it's, so by default, it's a forfeiture on the team who ends up having to cancel unless they can say some sort of medical hardship because Oakland had played Thursday. Um, there's some, I don't know the exact natures of the rule or how the decision gets made, but if they can kind of prove a hard hit um, medical of some sort, they can get an exception to the rule. They have to appeal it every time. Uh, Detroit Mercy was not granted that same exception where Oakland was. So I don't know if it's vaccination That's... status of players and still having outbreak or or what the situation on that is. They're very kind of tight-lipped about what makes each you know exception or you know what makes the decision happen. But the last time that the Green Bay Phoenix women have taken the court was December 20th, which is a six or 71-67 win over Central Michigan on Monday, December 20th. So that's going to be about three weeks of not playing game basketball. That's ridiculous. That's rough. That's, that's hard on a team. And you guys both know how hard it is to stay in basketball shape, too, regardless of. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially when you're not. You practice. Yeah. Practice gets monotonous over a time like that. Yeah. And prior to that, the last time they had played was December 12th because of a a uh, COVID cancellation in the middle there, too. So they had played two games since December 12th. They played December 12th against the Wisconsin Badgers, which was a win. They played December 20th and have not played since December 20th. Wow. That's unreal. So pulling for the alma mater, go Phoenix, go Packers, go Badgers. Go Bucks, Go Keeper Sykes while he's ripping it up. He is the leading scorer for the Pacers right now. Uh, 57-57 tie. And the Knicks in the Garden making his second career start in the Garden. Awesome stuff, boys. Episode 56 in the books. I'm Eric. That's Ramsey. That's Justin. You'll hear them one more time here before we wrap up. But that is a wrap on the episode. We are out. See ya. Bye. Salud.